And now, The Mentors, one of the most popular and unique shows on the radio today. Each week, one of our four remarkable CEOs, including Tom Lord, John Phillips, and Rick Brutico, will challenge your thinking about life and work. Sought after for their success and for consistently putting people first, treating employees and customers with respect, and helping others succeed, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, and in business. Now, here's your mentor. Well, hello, and welcome to the Mentors Radio Show. There are three of us, three CEO hosts, for those of you that haven't listened before, and we take turns challenging your thinking about life and work. I'm Rick Brutico, your host for today, and I can tell you I'm really glad you joined us. I really have a great show planned for you. We'll be talking to an extremely good friend of mine, a man I've known for 25 years, Rand Sperry, CEO of Sperry Equities and also CEO of Sperry Commercial, both based in Irvine, California. My, what I call the show today is One Deal to a National Real Estate Firm. You'll hear Rand tell us his story, which is really interesting. It'll be how he made his first investment when he was only 20 years old, and along the way he built a national real estate firm. His story, like most of my guests, is one that starts with something new and then worked very, very hard to make it successful. You'll hear how building his company was like any other entrepreneurial startup. He fought and overcame the same type of business issues that we all have who've started companies. And then he made his firm one of the most well-known real estate, commercial real estate firms, I should say, in the United States. Along the way, I'll ask him if one can still make money in real estate and what his best suggestions are. Be sure to listen to this valuable piece of information. In fact, you may want to have a piece of paper or a pad with you so you can write some of these things down. It will be helpful to you in everything you do with respect to real estate going forward. You'll also hear some good tips about running your own business and maybe even some things about what motivates you in life. So stay with us. Don't touch that dial. But before we get started, I want to remind you, call us, email us. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your questions and your concerns. It's important to us because why we're here is only hopefully providing information that you want to hear. If you send us an email or give us a call and leave us a a note on the recorded line, we'll follow up and try to get that answer for you. We may put it on the air, but most importantly, we'll get a good idea of what appeals to you and what doesn't. After all, this show is about serving you. So go to our website, that's thementorsradio.com, thementors, plural, radio.com. You can give us a a note, send us a note, or give us a call anytime, 24-7. Before we get started with my guests, let me just remind you another couple of things. And I talk about this almost every time I'm on the show, and and that is that I want to be sure that everybody understands. You're not going to hear from me or any other guests. Specifically, these are the things you should do. That's not our objective. Our objective is to gather information from our guests. And between us, we have many, many years of experience in the business world. And you'll be hearing that from my guest today. As I said before, he started his company and has been in this business for a number of years. We'll ask him how long. Our objective is not necessarily to provide you with the right answer, nor is my guest's objective to provide you with that, but rather to relate his experience, which will hopefully give you a different perspective. That perspective is what will challenge your thinking with respect to business and respect to your life. Remember, business is all about managing risk. Wouldn't you say life is too? So there's more than likely one right answer. In fact, you'll never know by making the right answer if you stayed in business that you actually selected the right answer. It's only when you make the wrong answer that you go out of business, you can look back and say, darn, I blew it. And even then, there's not every wrong answer either. You can make corrections along the way, but hopefully we think through things that will get us closer to where we want to go. As I say all, all the time, business is about managing risk. There is no sure thing. So today, I want to introduce my guest. As I said, I've known Rand for 25 years. Rand is the CEO of Sperry Equities and Sperry Commercial, who invests in in commercial assets in over 10 states. He also co-founded Sperry Van S Company in 1987, and this is remarkable to me, that, but, but by the year 2000, his firm had become national in size, starting from one office in Orange County, California. His story is amazing. From a single purchase to the building of a national commercial real estate investment company with one key mission, 
to create unprecedented value for commercial associates and their clients. And I want to focus on that just a second. Listen for it when we're going along the way. We have to have an objective, a specific focus. And you can see Rand's mission statement, if you will, was pretty concise. And like so many of my other guests, Rand's story is interesting, almost unbelievable. But the formula is very familiar to those that have listened to this program. You get an idea. You invest in the idea. You take a chance. You work incredibly hard, and you build a very successful business. Mr. Sperry is now active in both church and community in the the county of Orange. He's been a member of numerous civic and religious boards and committees in Orange County, California over the last 20 plus years. Besides an interesting story, Rand will give us a, quote, college course in real estate. So remember, you'll want to take notes because everyone listening will be involved in a real estate transaction, be it a public transaction like a REIT, a commercial space for your company, a private investment, or maybe something like an LLC such as Rand's company offers. Or you know what? It may just be your next home. So we've got a lot to cover today. So let's get started. Hello, Rand. Hey, Rick. How you doing, buddy? I'm, I'm great. It's good to talk to you. Good to talk to you as well. So, uh, Rand, we only got a couple of minutes, but I thought to give our guys a background, our listeners a background on, on what you do. Could you just kind of give us perspective on Sperry Equities? Sure. Um, with Sperry Equities, I, I founded in 1998 as an offshoot to the commercial real estate business of, of brokerage. And I found that, you know, we would broker properties to our clients and they would do very well with these properties that we broker. And oftentimes they were doing it with other people's money as well as their own. And so I finally said, well, why don't we do that? So in 1998, along with a couple of people that uh, I brought in that worked for me on the brokerage side, we started Sperry Equities. And basically we raised money from high net worth individuals and we acquired distressed assets. So we're looking for properties that uh, are a challenge. Typically, they'll have 30 or 40 percent vacancy. Uh, the market, that particular market, has been depressed for a while, but it's starting to come back. And that's how we ended up, by the way, in 10 different states. Because, for example, right now in California, Southern California, the market's very strong. So we're not purchasing here. We're purchasing in cities like Chicago that have been depressed and are just now coming out of this uh, great recession that we've been in. So. We look for those opportunities. Sometimes it's typically developers that uh, miss the market or their pro forma wasn't correct when they finally uh, had their certificate of occupancy and they they struggled. Okay, Rand, can we can we hold it right there? Unfortunately, we're running right up against the break. But I'd like to pick that up right when you come back. And I really uh, heard you say about distressed assets. So maybe you can talk about how you do that. And with that, uh, we'll go to break now. We'll pick up with Rand right after we come back. So stay with us. Ah, my health insurance is killing me. Well, it was killing me, too. That's why I just switched to a non-insurance ministry. It only costs $320 per month for my family of seven, and it's even less for couples and singles. Wow. It's a solid organization, been around 17 years. We have the dependability of a proven method, but it's different. It's Christian-based, so we don't have to pay for non-Christian practices like abortions. Plus, we can choose our own doctors. What is it? Samaritan Ministries. SamaritanMinistries.org. That's easy to remember. SamaritanMinistries.org. What do a stay-at-home mom, a college student, and a firefighter have in common? They're all HopeInTheCan.com work-from-home business owners. Join our team and you can be the same. You'll work from home, full-time or part-time, around your schedule. You'll be in business for yourself, but not by yourself. And you'll make a difference in people's lives here and around the world. In 1995, Dr. Ted Kalagris, the research doctor behind a nutritional company, wanted to do more. He launched a foundation to bring nutrition to the poor worldwide. Now, this award-winning company feeds more than 42,000 malnourished children every day. Be part of something bigger than yourself. Earn a paycheck of the heart helping others while you earn extra income. Call us toll-free at 855-921-HOPE. That's 855-921-HOPE. 855-921-HOPE. Or go to hopeinacan.com to learn more. That's hopeinacan.com, hopeinacan.com. Because you're active in your church, you may have wondered, how can we maintain the quality of our stained glass windows? What is their value? What would repairs cost? You can get a no-cost analysis of your church's stained glass windows at willethauser.com. 
to help you make the best decisions for restoration or new windows. A free inspection and evaluation of your church's windows by the Willethauser Artisans can answer your questions. Over 120 years of stained glass design and restoration experience. Willethauser.com. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back to The Mentors. I'm Rick Brutico, your host for today. And I also will tell you that my guest is Rand Sperry. We were talking about Rand building a tremendous business in real estate investing. And Rand was just telling us as he started his business that his company found distressed properties and took it from there. Rand, could we pick up on that and kind of describe for our listeners what a distressed property looks like? Sure. In the commercial world, well, to give you an example, in the in the residential world, it might be a home that went through foreclosure and you buy it, fix it up, and resell it. Well, in the commercial world, it's a little more complicated. I'll just give you the last example, Rick, that we bought. It was in Schaumburg, Illinois, in Chicago, 553,000 square feet, 12-story building, a 13-story building, uh, connected by a, a two-story atrium, beautiful project. It's really a class A, 20-year-old project, but it had 25% vacancy. And you're going, well, that's not so bad. I mean, that doesn't sound too distressed. But one of the major tenants, A.C. Nielsen Rating Company, you've heard of them, uh, decided uh, to give notice, and they're moving out in 2019, and they're moving to downtown Chicago. Well, it's a distressed asset going to a very distressed asset in 2019. So um, the lender decided they're not going to deal with uh, replacing six floors of tenants. And they put it on the market to sell it, and and we purchased it from them. And um, now we're going through the process of backfilling and leasing up a floor at a time. Uh, although the rents, they're still paying rent till 2019. So we like this asset because, again, you're analyzing risk. And although there's a huge risk of another 15 to 20 percent vacancy, if we could lease that up between now and 2019, um, we'll be back to. 75% occupancy, but stable, and then take another two years to get it to 90, and we could sell it. And for that, we got a terrific price break. This property sold uh, previous to the previous owner. Uh, they were in it $100 million. Um, we bought it from the lender, who had a $65 million loan on it, for $32 million. So you can see those are the kind of deals we like, because there's plenty of upside and very little downside, really, when you look at it. And so that leads me to the, I would think, number one question everybody's asking. How do you find these things? Well, part of why it was an offshoot of the brokerage operation, and you mentioned it earlier, we created a national franchise um, with over 190 offices in 38 states. And so, um, and I was very involved in the recruiting and hiring of many of these 1,100 brokers that now work for Sperry Van S. Uh, which I'm no longer affiliated with, by the way. I sold uh, swap shares with my partner, and I own more of the company we're talking about here, Sperry Equities. But during that process, you, you build relationships with the brokers. Uh, it really is. People sometimes think brokers get in the way, but good brokers who are focused, who are specialized in a specific product in a specific region, they are the golden goose for people like us who want to buy distressed assets. And then once they're stabilized, sell them because these guys, they find the opportunities. They give us guidance on, on how we can buy them. They give us assurance whether or not they can lease them up in the time frame that we need to lease them up. And they then go out and, and sell them after we, uh, we do all that. We execute. We reward them by giving the deal back to them, and they work very hard to sell it for us. So, so, so Rand, let me ask it, Let me ask this. Let me ask this. Yeah. In other words, are you saying that I'm a broker and I say, well, here's a property that looks like it's in trouble. I got to find somebody that'll buy this property. They got to understand distressed real estate. I know that right. the Sperry Equities is a possible buyer. I look at Sperry Equities and I say, you want to buy this? If they say yes and they can get a price they're happy with, I make a commission. I'm talking about me, the broker now. I make a commission when I sell it. I make a commission when I'm leasing it up. When you guys buy it, I should say. I make a commission when you're leasing it all up and then I make a commission again when you sell the property. Is that right? Well, you're two-thirds accurate. Uh, they'll make a commission when they sell it to us. And 
they love guys like us because we have a track record in distressed assets. And when they're, if we're competing with other brokers, you know, they hear the Sperry name and they know that this is a great buyer. They understand the real estate and they make a commission when they, they, they uh, sell it, but they don't make the leasing fees. One of the key things to really turning an asset around is to hire the right person to lease up the property. And it's not necessarily the guy selling you the deal. It's the, the leasing brokers who that's all they do is eat, breathe and live uh, commercial leasing. And they know who the tenants are. They know the right tenant to, to put in the property and they spend 100% of their time in that business. That's the guy we look for. And we'll interview three firms and we'll interview the top guys in those firms because for example, in this deal, that we just bought. I mean, we we got a few hundred thousand feet we got to lease up in the next few years. I want the A team, and that's not yeah, necessarily sure. who brings us the deal. So, so you you literally, in fact, that's one of the things I was going to ask you about a, a, a little later. But let's move on to that a bit now. And that is, if I'm selling my house or whatever it is, or my in, individual investment property, how do I find the guy that's the A team? How do I know the where to get the three? And what should I ask the guys so I know of the three who should be number one? Well. Uh, starting about how to find the broker um, specifically to find you uh, good opportunities is figure out where you want to own and then do the research because through CoStar and other type of software applications, you can research sales. And then you look at who are the brokers doing the deals? Who's the most active in this marketplace? For example, in your own neighborhood, I bet you get postcards from people, from brokers saying, I just sold the house down the street. I sold one two miles away, a half a block away, and so on. And, and you go, this is the most active broker in my area. So if I want to sell my home, I'm going to call the busiest person I know. <laughs> uh, basically, uh-huh. in this case, the busiest broker. So we identify the brokers in a market that we feel have done the best and the mo- have the best track record, and we, we look at them. And okay, so now you find that guy. Let, let me just get to that question. Yeah. I think a lot of listeners are saying the same thing I am. I find a guy. He sent me a lot of postcards. Seems like the right guy. So do I hire him or do I talk to him or I do I ask him to talk to him because you said three and two or three others? Yeah. And if, yeah, if it's I, that I mean, ladder. I would interview two to three because you don't want to yep. go crazy with too many right, brokers right. pounding you because they'll all three want the listing, so to speak, if you're selling your home. I would I would go to them and I'd look at their track record. I'd even ask them, "How busy are you right now?" Well, I've got 12 listings uh, right in your neighborhood. I might not want to go to that guy. He might be actually too busy for me and not focus on my real estate. But on the other hand, he's probably getting the most traffic because he's got the most listings in in the area. So you know, you got to kind of weigh the two. And it's not necessarily the guy who's done the most, but you know, he's got to be in the top three. And then I look for the person who's the most aggressive, the most the person that's the the most hungry, if that's the right word or phrase, um, that's the that's the individual I'm looking for. That I know will work day and night to find uh, a buyer for my home. And in our in my case, it's the leasing guy. It's so important. I need to know I can call that guy at uh, 10 o'clock on a Saturday night, and he won't be upset. He'll take the call and he'll help me with whatever issue I have, or if we're trying to negotiate a deal and we have a deadline of Monday. You know, I know I can count on them. Those are the type of people I look for, because the, and those are the guys typically that are the top earners in, in any brokerage company. They're willing to burn the midnight oil, literally. So, and, and would you say, and we really only have about a minute or so left, minute and a half, but if I am interviewing these three guys, what should I ask him? Give me all your previous listings, tell me the comps of your sales, or should I say, what's your marketing plan to sell my home? And that, what, In other words, what, are the, what is the main yeah. thing, you know? That, Something that, like that. Those are the two most important questions. Show me what you've done and, and what period of time, you know, and show me the, um, um, uh, how close you got to list price. But even more important is what are you going to do to market it? How are you going to find the buyer for my home if this is a home? In our scenario, typically the phone rings with the broker who won the business, got the listing, and he's calling now to find the right buyer for this distressed asset. So once that happens, then we interview the leasing brokers. And those are the questions we ask them. What's your marketing plan? And how many leases have you done of this size? Because sometimes guys are great from 2,000 to 10,000 feet, but over 25,000 feet, they've never leased a space because they deal with the small tenants, you know, the mom and pops. Mm -hmm. So you've got to figure out what their niche is 
and ask questions specifically to find out because sometimes they'll try to, you know, exaggerate their accomplishments. So you have to look on paper what have they really done and then analyze if that's the right fit for you. And then what is that marketing plan? Okay, Rand, again, and the time goes so quickly with all these great answers you're providing, so we're coming up against break again. But I hope the listeners are taking notes because you just heard how to list your home and how to sell it. So stick with me. After the break, we'll pick up with Rand Sperry, CEO of Sperry Equities. My name is Nick Jordan. I'm the founder of Wells of Life. I'm here to tell you that there are 10 million people in Uganda without access to clean water. Imagine your water comes from a stream or pond shared with animals. Imagine that this water is loaded with parasites and disease. Each day, you have to walk three miles to fetch this because it's all the water there is. So what can you do about this? The great news is you can do a lot. Go to wellsoflife.net and make a personal donation. Talk to your family, church, or company about funding your own well. Every penny goes to fund your well and will bring water and life to as many as a thousand parishioners in rural Uganda for up to 20 years. In this jubilee year of mercy, why not make this your act of mercy in Jesus' name? Go to wellsoflife.net and make a personal donation. Wellsoflife.net All Catholics are invited to join the Young Catholic Professionals, YCP for short, National Movement. One of the nation's fastest-growing Catholic organizations, with chapters in 15 cities nationwide and international interest, YCP was founded by peers to inspire young professionals to work and witness for Christ. YCP's programs are designed to help young people at every stage of the journey to grow as Catholics and as professionals. Our members use their experience to become ambassadors of the faith in the public square, forming tomorrow's leaders to step forward in their communities, parishes, and workplaces. There's an opportunity for Catholics of all ages to get involved. Visit our website, youngcatholicprofessionals.org, youngcatholicprofessionals.org, to learn more about how you can get involved in this exciting apostolate. That's youngcatholicprofessionals.org, youngcatholicprofessionals.org. What would happen if you or a loved one passed away suddenly? It might be difficult to think about, but prearrangement is very easy to do. It saves you money and it's a huge relief on you and your family when the need arises. Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services is a nonprofit diocesan ministry with a compassionate staff and many beautiful sacred locations from which to choose. We specialize in guiding you through the entire end of life process, making decisions easy and faith driven for you now and for your loved ones later. Call now to learn more at 800-498-4989. That's 800-498-4989. Learn how easy it is to plan ahead. Call Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services at 800-498-4989. And now, Back to the Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Well, you're listening to the Mentors Radio, and I'm Rick Brutico, your host for this week's show. Check us out, will you? www.thementorsradio.com. This week, we are talking with Rand Sperry, CEO of Sperry Equities and co-founder of Sperry Van Ness Real Estate Brokerage. So, Rand, before we broke, we were talking about right realtor for properties. And I'd like to still go back and touch on a little bit about Sperry's, Sperry Equities and what your investor looks like and how you set these projects up. But before you even answer that question, how many feet do you have under management right now? Uh, we have 11,550,000 feet. I just got out of a meeting, and, and so I have the exact number uh, in terms of what we're managing. I wouldn't want to sweep those floors. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but, but so what What does this investor look like? Are they all rich, old, greedy guys? Or where do you get these guys? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one segment. Um, really, let's see. When we started, even when we started this, one of the things that, that we went after was high net worth individuals. And the reason is, is that I just felt... Um, 
it's much more of a challenge to take somebody with $50,000 or $100,000 and invest that money. And if anything goes wrong, you know, they're on the phone with you and they're, if it is all the dollars they have in the world, um, I guess I just didn't want to be responsible if, you know, the project we did uh, didn't work out. So uh, we basically attracted high net worth individuals primarily because in the brokerage world, that's what we did. You know, a lot of the clients we had were wealthy people buying more properties. So my first investor was a gentleman that just sold his company for $85 million and he handed me $15 million to invest. So that makes it somewhat easy. We put it in three or four projects. And at the end of the day, when, when he passed away, we'd made him over $80 million in about a, uh, see, 1998, what is it, 20 years. So, um, so, but that's not typical either. Our typical person is minimum of 100000 but they have a half, 250, 500,000, a million, a couple million. Those are the type of guys we, we play with, and typically that's a small part of their net worth. So we, deal, we do deal with, uh, with wealthy people typically, because here's what happens oftentimes. You hear about this in the newspaper. Uh, Joe Blow just sold his company, and he got 40 million, or he got 100 million, or even a billion dollars. Uh, what do they do with the money? once they sell their company. And so not everyone wants to put it in the bank and earn eight-tenths of a percent. In fact, very few of them do. So they look for seasoned professionals uh, in the market that if they're interested in real estate, that they feel they could be confident in uh, and have us invest the money. And so a lot of our guys are typically that type of investor where they already have achieved success, but they need to place their money. And for example, so Rand, so Rand, at this yeah. point, let me ask you this, because, again, I think there's might be some confusion on what people are hearing. Uh, so I'm a guy that's got a lot of money. So I hand you my million dollars or one hundred thousand, whatever it is. And mm-hmm. you put it in your wallet and you go out and have a few drinks and buy a new car and things like that. So what I want to know is oh. how do how, how do you give me some sort of uh, understanding of what it is? In other words, if you could describe your way you set the deal up, I was being facetious about the new car part, but not the few drinks. No, got it. That, no, that's very important. <laughs> We, this is not a fund. We don't do blind uh, purchases uh, to the investors. We'll find a property, for example, a shopping center down the street for $7 million. We know we need to raise 3 to $4 million to purchase that. Um, we will do a package uh, showing our analysis and our projections and pro forma and what the internal rate of return will be to them. And then we go and we dial for dollars. And we set up an LLC which is a limited liability corporation, and we are the general partner, and the investors, if we need three or four million, you know, they can take whatever piece of that they feel comfortable with, and we control the investment. Uh, however, we, something that we do that's somewhat unique, and that is, is that if you actually purchase 51% of the shares, uh, then you can tell us when you want to sell it, when you want to refinance it, uh, you you kind of have control over the asset, not the day-to-day operations. You give that to us. But the major decisions the investors are involved, where a lot of these, like the, the REITs that you talked about earlier in your show, you know, you have no control. You hand them the money. They go out and buy deals. You, you're not familiar with them. You're just hoping they're going to do a good job. Now, with us, you get to go. You could drive by the building. You could be with us when we inspect the building, when we review all the due diligence. Uh, if you want, you could be as involved as you want or as little involvement as you want in our in the deals. And if you put up over fifty one percent of the money, you control the deal in terms. But of, you're still but you're we're, but you're still the general partner even in that case, right? Right, we're the general okay. partner. Okay, so so explain to my operate. listeners that they may not understand because there's another value there, and I only know this because I've been in a few deals myself. Uh, there's another value there in being a limited partner. When I hand you my X hundred thousands of dollars or whatever it is, I still remain a limited partner. So what does that mean to me? What's the what's the benefit of me being limited instead of general? Well, because it limits your exposure to your investment. So if by chance this deal goes upside down, and uh, or somebody slips and falls on a banana peel and somehow they get a fifty million dollar judgment against the LLC, they can only go after the limited partner for the extent of their investment. The general partner, which is us has a lot more potential exposure depending on whether we cause the liability issue or not. 
also one of the key things is the general partner uh, signs on the loan. So the limited partner does not have any risk in terms of personal guarantees on the loan um, or any deficit that might happen as a result of the property going into foreclosure. It's all the risk of uh, the general partner. And that's so, such a big that, point, listeners. It's really a big point. That's why I wanted Rand to cover it for you. If you're doing an investment, are you, you know, say two people get together and say, you know, Harry and Mary, let's buy something. The trouble is that both Harry and Mary have unlimited liability for that property, unlimited financial liability, unlimited liability with respect to risk. So this is the advantage of an LLC. And the LLC, as I understand, Rand, is limited liability corporation, right? Yes. And, okay. uh, and, and so we... We take on that, and we take it on with the lender, too, which is super important. Rick, I'll tell you about a crazy example. We were brought into a shopping center in, um, in Southgate where they needed to get a new loan, and none of the investors, they had a general partnership set up, but the general partner was put in there to kind of to operate it, and he didn't have much of a net worth. And now the loan was coming due. So they brought us in. We were we were just managing the property. They brought us in as the general partner, and we for a fee we went out and 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 got the loan and signed on the loan. It was a forty five million dollar loan, and we signed on it because none of them wanted to. And some of these guys were high net worth individuals, but they were in their late seventies, and it's like no more for us. We don't want to be responsible. So they basically you know hired out us to take the responsibility for the for the debt on the property because we managed it. So we felt comfortable because we'd been managing it for over 10 years that, yes, yeah, this is no-brainer. We're happy to do it. You know, they, they incentivized us financially on the back end as well as on the day-to-day operations, and we signed on the loan. So it's not just for the smaller investor. Many times the larger in, uh, investors, they don't, they don't want to sign either. Well, and of so, course, the, and then the larger investors have this, the deep pocket theory, right? So they like the fact they've got the protection protection between the investor, the banks, and other things between them and themselves, and that, uh, that protection is Sperry Equities. So we're running up against a break again, as you might guess, and uh, we've really covered a lot of good stuff. So f- stick with us after the break. We're going to hit some more stuff, learning a little bit about how Rand really st- got started, and learning a little bit more about tips on buying real estate and whether we should get into it today. In classrooms across America, students are not learning the same history you did. Last year, McGraw-Hill apologized for calling slave trade immigration. And a popular world history textbook devotes a full chapter to Islam and Muhammad, but only a few sentences to Christianity and Christ. Recent federal testing shows students are far worse in knowledge of U.S. history than in math. Only 12% of high school students are proficient in U.S. history. Today's history textbooks not only fail to engage, they favor political correctness over true history. This is a serious problem that has a far-reaching impact on our culture and our future. What are your kids and grandkids learning? At CatholicTextbookProject.com, you'll find fresh, accurate, engaging history textbooks. Used in Catholic schools in more than 60 dioceses, these textbooks are highly praised by all, even award-winning secular university professors. Go to CatholicTextbookProject.com to find out why. This is a church, a church that might be like yours, with beautiful stained glass windows. Through the years, time and weather took their toll, so the people in this church went online and found Willett Hauser Architectural Glass. Willett Hauser did a free inspection and evaluation of the church's windows. Then their craftsmen with over 120 years of stained glass design and restoration experience brought the church's stained glass windows back to life. WillettHauser.com Ah, my health insurance is killing me. Well, it was killing me, too. That's why I just switched to a non-insurance ministry. It only costs $320 per month for my family of seven, and it's even less for couples and singles. Wow. It's a solid organization, been around 17 years. We have the dependability of a proven method, but it's different. It's Christian-based, so we don't have to pay for non-Christian practices like abortions. Plus, we can choose our own doctors. What is it? Samaritan Ministries. SamaritanMinistries.org. That's easy to remember. SamaritanMinistries.org. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Well, welcome back, and thanks for listening. 
I'm Rick Prudico, your mentor host for today, and we're with Rand Sperry, president of Sperry Equities, among other things, and just getting one heck of a course on real estate, and I hope you're all listening and writing down these great things. We've been so excited in the deal-making part of it that we really haven't heard how Rand got started, and it's really a good story. So, Rand, if you would, just jump back, whatever this is, 40 years or so, and tell us from growing up how you got into this business. All right. Happy to do it. Well, you know, both you and I grew up with the, uh, you know, the World War II vets, uh, you know, an amazing generation and a great example of uh, fathers that knew what hard work was all about. And, And my dad was no different. And he really instilled that in me from a very early age. And, you know, I got it. I think the thing that's so important that I noticed that doesn't happen today like it did back then is that, you know, the youth is more involved in soccer and baseball and basketball and sports uh, and very little, at least of, of my children and friends that I have, uh, have like part-time jobs where after school you go to work at, at McDonald's or Del Taco or, or whatever. And, and that was instilled in me. And, I, and you're going to ask me, how did I afford to buy a fourplex when I was 20 years old? Because it took $11,000. And the answer was I started working at 14 and I saved the money. And I saved about, I spent about 30% of the 100% of the dollar that I made. And I, I, I was a saver. And, you know, I was still able through that period of time to buy a really nice fast car in high school and have a lot of fun. <laughs> but uh, I worked very hard. When I wasn't at school and doing homework, I was working. And I, and I think your guests sports- should also hear this, Rand, because I know it's true in what you, in my life too, we didn't start when we were 18, 21, 23, you said 15, I'll bet you anything you were done doing something even before 15. It's about instilling in us and therefore what we should instill in our children. And that is you got to start working early in life and work very, very hard. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, I was actually 14 uh, when I started working on on every every week, three to four days a week, washing telephone trucks in the evening because that was my dad's business. He did maintenance uh, of the telephone trucks in a lot of the L.A. uh, San Gabriel Valley. So uh, that's that's what I did. And he'd pay me, you know, minimum wage. And then when I turned 16, I came up with an idea of how I could um, do a bunch of these garages where they keep the trucks on weekends, hire my buddies, and he could pay me on a, a piecework basis. And I was making 150 bucks on a Saturday, which was a lot of money back then when minimum wage was a buck 65. And then when I got uh, later on into high school and college, I worked in an emergency room. I know I've mentioned that story before to you, and that was um, they would pay time and a half and double time over eight hours. It was time and a half and then uh, double time. And I encouraged them to keep me on for 24 hours on a shift <laughs> because I would make a ton of money. So, um, but, you know, why would I take that money and buy a fourplex? I don't know. My dad, who basically barely graduated from high school, and I say that because he went back after World War II to finish high school, um, he was the one who said, you know, I've got this contract. I could lose this contract any day, but if you invest in apartments or any kind of commercial real estate, they pay you no matter whether you're up or you're sleeping. Day and night, you're getting paid, and they can't, and it, they can't take it away from you. And it really rung true to me that that made sense. So I focused on that, and he said, either be a lawyer, a corporate lawyer, or a commercial real estate broker. And, you know, I almost went the corporate lawyer route, but decided uh, on the commercial, commercial real estate because at age 20, I thought, well, I'm going to buy a fourplex and see what it's like. And my cash flow was $200 a month with $11,000 investment. Well, that's $2,400 a year. And you could do the math. That's a 25% return on your money. Mm -hmm. And not only that, then I sold it for a $14,000 profit. I think I paid 45 and sold it for almost $60,000. And I thought, holy cow, when I graduate from college, I'm going to get in the brokerage business because I want to buy more of this kind of real estate. And how do I make, Ten or eleven thousand, much quicker. Well, I got into the brokerage side and started brokering apartments when I got out of college. Uh, I had a business degree with a minor in finance, real estate. Worked for a company that specialized in apartments, and I specialized in a certain market. And I started buying buildings. I had twelve small properties from twelve to fourteen units. 
uh, by the time I was 26, and I did an evaluation of what they were worth, and I made I was worth over a million dollars at age 26 in 1983. Wow! And that's what got me going. I should have known you then. You could loan me some money. <laughs> no, because it was much smarter to put the money in real estate. The returns are so much better than being a lender in in most cases. So you know. I never well, really did that. <laughs> uh, Rand, so we just, again, have a couple minutes left before the break. But uh, I, I, when I was, have spoken to you in the past, you told me about uh, the first broker that you worked for. And uh, you called him your mentor. But some of the, one of the things that you said that I thought was very insightful and I think is meaningful for this program is that not only did he mentor you on the right things to do, but he taught you what not to do. So maybe you could tell a little bit of that story and then maybe how you and uh, Mark Van Ness got together. Well, that that is absolutely how we got together. It was one of those wrong things <laughs> that that I learned from him. So Bruce Haynes was a great guy, a hard worker. He instilled the work ethic, although I already had it, and I think he saw that in me. And that's one thing us mentors like to do because I mentor five uh, kids, uh, kids I call them, in their 20s that have started companies, and it's hard work. And so he liked that, and he showed me the ropes of how to broker and how to manage an office of other brokers, how to train people, how to be specific in the market you work on and then the product type. And, uh, and so but that was the good things. But one of the negative things about him is, is if you did something wrong, he'd embarrass you in front of everyone. He'd kick you in your butt when you're down when you really probably shouldn't. And he didn't like to cooperate on his real estate fees. So his company, which was six offices when I left, and I was running it at the time, uh, was that they didn't cooperate with the broker fees. And that's how I met Mark Van Ness, because he was calling for a client. And he said, I've, I've got a, my clients in the exchange. I need to find them something. I can't find them something. But I see this deal you have, and he's interested. And I go, well, that's great, but I can't pay you. You know, I... <laughs> the whole fee. And he succumbed to it. He said, look, that's fine. I'll get something from my buyer, but I, wa- I don't want him to have to pay taxes. So, and, and we became friends. And he said, look, find me product. And the reason he wanted me to find him product to buy is because he knew we didn't cooperate, so it limits your competition. And that's one of the wrong things about brokers is when they list your property and then they don't market it to the brokerage community, which a lot of the major companies do, like C.B. Richard Ellis. Uh, Colliers, there's there's a lot of major companies out there that keep the listing within their own vest, and it's not the right thing to do for the owner. And so, well, well Rand, we're coming up again in a break again. Ah, I'd like to, okay. st- I'd like you to pick up. We always do. We have one more segment left, but I'd like you to pick up with that thought about commissions and to tie it back to whether we sell our own property or something like that. I know that I was trained get the best deal you can, and I think from what you just said, that may not always be the best deal to get the lowest commission. So stick with us, listeners. Right after the break, there'll be another great real estate hint. Write it down, put a star next to it. You're going to see it on the test one day. Thanks for listening. What would happen if you or a loved one passed away suddenly? It might be difficult to think about, but pre-arrangement is very easy to do. It saves you money and it's a huge relief on you and your family when the need arises. Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services is a nonprofit diocesan ministry with a compassionate staff and many beautiful sacred locations from which to choose. We specialize in guiding you through the entire end-of-life process, making decisions easy and faith-driven for you now and for your loved ones later. Call now to learn more at 800-498-4989. That's 800-498-4989. Learn how easy it is to plan ahead. Call Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services at 800-498-4989. You need a break. This August, enjoy seven days at a stunning villa nestled in the hills of Tuscany, Italy for a -a one-of-a-kind symposium. You'll savor private walks and unspoiled countryside, majestic vistas overlooking olive groves and vineyards, a swimming pool, tennis court, and a private chef to delight your palate with the finest Italian cuisine. Day trips to Florence and Siena, insider tours of some of the world's greatest treasures in art and architecture, 
lectures and seminars from world-class speakers, including Dr. Michael Eshleman with National Review, Dr. Jeffrey Lehman of Hillsdale College, and noted art historian Monsignor Timothy Verdon, director at the Museum of the Famous Duomo in Florence. You'll experience relaxed, engaging discussions with like-minded new friends. Refresh your spirit. Awaken your sense of wonder. Go to TuscanyTrip.org to learn more. That's TuscanyTrip.org. TuscanyTrip.org. What do a stay-at-home mom, a college student, and a firefighter have in common? They're all HopeInACan.com work-from-home business owners. Join our team and you can be the same. You'll work from home, full-time or part-time, around your schedule. You'll be in business for yourself, but not by yourself. And you'll make a difference in people's lives here and around the world. In 1995, Dr. Ted Kalagris, the research doctor behind a nutritional company, wanted to do more. He launched a foundation to bring nutrition to the poor worldwide. Now, this award-winning company feeds more than 42,000 malnourished children every day. Be part of something bigger than yourself. Earn a paycheck of the heart helping others while you earn extra income. Call us toll-free at 855-921-HOPE. That's 855-921-HOPE. 855-921-HOPE. Or go to hopeinacan.com to learn more. That's hopeinacan.com. Hopeinacan.com. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Hi, Rick Brudico with Rand Sperry, CEO and President of Sperry Equities, and we're talking about buying and selling real estate uh, right before the break. We only have a short segment left in this show, and one of the things I wanted to drill down with you, Rand, is that the whole idea of getting the deal, how do you get the best broker to work for you, how do you, uh, you know, what do you pay them, do you try to get the best commission, maybe how do you know you got the right guy and that kind of thing, or why not, I mean, you've probably heard this before, you know, I'm about to sell my my property and Uncle Fred says, my son's got a license, why don't you give him the listing after all, he's in the MLS like everyone else, so... Um, and but and they always say, and he'll give you a great deal. So maybe you could kind of delve into that a bit, the, the professional size of the business. Sure. Uh, you know, it's a little dif- different in residential versus commercial, but the, the same thought is uh, the process is important, and that is is that you got to be careful not to cut the commissions. You need to pay commissions. If you want to attract the best brokers in the business, they look at that fee. They're not going to bring the buyer to your home or to your commercial real estate property if they're not well compensated because they're going to compare what you're paying to what Johnny down the street's paying, and they're going to be attracted to, to that property, and their client push that property on their client if there's more fee. So what was really important in the platform that I created was that not only do we uh, charge a, a, a market fee, but that we split it with the outside brokers community so that every broker is working on it, not just the listing broker. So it is important to share the commission and it, for it to be a fair and reasonable commission. So don't shortchange yourself by saying, gee, that guy will list my house for 1%. Negotiate the deal, the transaction. Do not negotiate the broker because that is the person who's going to work for you to find you the highest price. And if you're not paying them, correctly, he's not going to work for you. He's not going to work hard for you. So on the buy side, same thing. If you're looking for a property, don't try to go after the commission, the, the sale commission on, on that, because they won't bring you their best deals if you're going to take half their commission, because there's so many investors out there that buy property as principals because they know they want to be the first phone call. When a broker lists a piece of property, the principal wants to be the first phone call, and you're not going to be the first phone call if you want half his money. So right. it's really important yep. concept. It's just Don't like kind of paying paying a good wage for anybody, right? I mean, if you if you want to get good people, it's not just paying the highest wage. I know that, but if you pay everybody minimum wage, you're going to get people that are minimally skilled. Correct, and the same thing is true in real estate, and that's why you don't want to hire Uncle Fred's uh, nephew, because. Um, you know, unless he's got the expertise we talked about in the market area, he understands the product, he knows what he's doing, he's got a great marketing plan, all the checklist. If he if he can check every box that is the criteria of the right broker to sell your property, then yes, list it with him. But if he's not, don't. 
And I, I've told the story many times where, you know, gee, if you want to give your nephew the, the listing and he has never sold a major property before, and let's say it's a 3 or $4 million piece of real estate, uh, and he thinks he's going to save some commission, go write him a $100,000 check not to be the broker and use the right guy because in the long run, you're going to get more for your apartment building or your commercial real estate using the right guy. It's amazing the difference. You could get 20% more in value by having the right guy sell your property. Wow, wow. That's, that's a staggering statement, just staggering. So uh, I guess another thing that you said early on, and I would like to consider passing that, that on to the listeners, is you talked about building relationships and, and why to build a, good relationships. And you also talked about uh, uh, giving back and uh, you know working in the community. So tell me just quickly because again we only have about a minute left what what's the advantage in these relationships and what do you consider them is it like you get join a club and then you walk around hand out your business card and say hey do a deal with me yeah no that would be the last <laughs> thing you want to do talk about getting a bad reputation in any club you join or organization no i mean i got to tell you i'm in se- on seven boards i'm chairman of two vice chairman of one and you know, I, it's giving back to the community. It's fabulous. I love doing it. And without ever mentioning or pushing what I do, people figure out what you do, and they see how good you are and how involved you are perhaps in that organization, and they start talking to you about what line of work you're in, and before you know it, they want to do business with you. And you're not even trying to sell them. I guess you can call it the soft sell or the no sell, uh, and it and it works. And I I, the first organization I joined, I joined because I wanted to give back, and I got ended up a couple years later getting a $30 million listing, which helped launch a couple, couple guys in my office's career because I, I handed it to them, and they'd never done a deal that large before. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even know this guy was the VP of Century 21 years ago, and sold out well, and bought a big center and all that. So, Rand, believe it or not, we're out of time again. Yes. So I thank so. you so much for today. Great information. I hope you're all listening. I hope you wrote things down. And don't forget, go to TheMentorsRadio.com and join us again next week when your host will have a very interesting guest. Your host will be John Phillips. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. And remember, every day in every way, do your part to make the world a little better. It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. To get more information about the program or a sponsor, to download a podcast of today's show, or to leave a question for our host, go to TheMentorsRadio.com. That's www.TheMentorsRadio.com. The preceding program, copyright CBJ, LLC. All rights reserved.